Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ike MA show. And I'm joined in the studio by the undefeated, the menace, the Mike, Michael, no, not Michael, sorry, the Dennis Frimpong. I'm trying, <laughs> your, your, nick, your nickname for some reason made me say Michael there for some reason. What, first of all, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I am good, mate. I am good. I just need to correct you there, though. I'm not technically undefeated. Um, I was robbed in my pro debut. I only have undefeated pro fighter because I, I won that fight. And uh, it's not officially undefeated, but anyone can go watch that fight if they want on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, UAE Warriors, I don't remember the number. Not ours, but uh, yeah, I won that fight, basically. And uh, I got robbed by judges. So it is what it is. Was there a situation uh, whereby um, uh, it was obvious who uh, won won the fight? Because I've seen um, a lot of your fights, as in I tried to research those that are the, the footage is available on YouTube. I watched as many as I could. Was it one of those fights whereby it's clear anyone could see watching could see that you clearly won that that fight, and then the judge stupidly sent the win the other way? Um, well, basically, mate, one of the judges gave me thirty twenty seven. So one of the judges gave me all three rounds, right? Okay. Um, and the other two gave him all three rounds. So it's one of them where it's like, what, what are the, what was, were two of the judges watching? And then one judge seeing something completely different. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I landed the cleaner shots. Um, I came out of the fight completely unscathed. I didn't feel like he landed a single clean shot to my face. He landed a few nice leg kicks. I'll give him that, like little inside leg kicks, outside leg kicks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, as far as like the, the the big damaging shots, the clean shots, I landed more of them. I can, and it was uh, damage-wise, it might, might not have been like clear, clear. But as far as cage control and stuff like that, I definitely won the fight. It is what it is, as I say. Um, I just think that obviously there's a bit of a scoring... Uh, issue in MMA at the moment like we've seen with uh, Valentina Shevchenko um, just there a couple weekends ago you know in, in a title fight where she got given a draw one of the judges gave a 10-8 round for that fifth round and like a 10-8 round should be should be like like you got your ass kicked in that round you know you got slapped up in that round and it wasn't that definitive of a round so it's just like what are the judges looking for like what are they actually looking to score but um yeah, you know, it is what it is. You take it out of the judge's hands, in it. You know, there was um, I remember distinctively, vividly, this post on Instagram that it has been suggested. Uh, was it suggested, or is it that a promoter was actually going to implement this and make this happen in their own events? That after a show, if um a win has been if a win has been awarded controversially probably to the um up to a particular fight went by it's clearly some majority of the fight fans who watched the fight that that it was the other fighters who who clearly won that fight that judge will be invited to sit at the press conference and probably answer and defend that decision now would you like something like that to happen in you know all uh, I don't think that's going to make much of a difference. I'd like for judges to have to have some kind of experience in martial arts. Like, how are they scoring significant strikes if they've never been punched in the face? How are they going to know the difference between what hurts and what doesn't hurt? Yes. So I say, 
all judges should either get in the cage and have a few fights or they should be former fighters. Or, you know, it's not like the old days where we didn't, like it was a new sport. We didn't have retired fighters that could go and be judges. You know what I mean? So we've got people that are ex-fighters that could be judges, that know the sport, know the little intricacies. They know how much, um, you know, for example, like if we're scoring significant damage, what what's more damaging, uh, a jab or me judo throwing someone into the air and then slamming them on the canvas? Do you know what I mean? Like like that's counted as a takedown. They wouldn't consider that a significant strike, but that's more damaging mm-hmm. than a jab. Do you know what I mean? Like it takes the wind out of you. Um, you can break ribs. Um, if it was on concrete, you'd be dead. So it's it, it you know it's it's a mad sport it's it's one of them where it's like yeah. it's not like boxing where you can clearly see oh he's landed more punches than the other guy there's no kicks yeah. there's no grappling yeah. you know it, there's so many facets of the sport so there's so much to score one judge might enjoy grap watching grappling um one judge might enjoy watching kicks you know what I mean so it's it's so it's so um so up in the air. Well, this is what I say. Like uh, I've just come on the whole mentality now that I'm just gonna finish every cunt. I'm not actually letting um someone that's never had a fight decide whether or not I yeah. want to fight. Um, you kind of like kind of flipped my the set of questions I had in mind to ask. You kind of like made me kind of jump a few questions. Now, um, you talk about martial arts. There's a lot more that goes into it in the cage there. Um, what do you make of these? social media um or then we call them these youtubers and i've got a feeling that those such as the paul brothers especially jake paul will like to call themselves boxers probably because they'd like to be taken more seriously now um just in general yeah. life um what do you make of them coming over to the combat sports you know, of, uh, i think for now they're kind of like making making a lot of noise on the boxing scene do you ever think that they will ever kind of push the boundaries a little bit more and go to mixed martial arts or do you think they're just going to stay in boxing um i'll give you a bit of a dual answer on that i think uh yeah i'd like to see them go into mixed martial arts i'd just like to see uh if they can if they can implement that i know both of them had like a bit of wrestling pedigree and um, they both wrestled in high school a lot of people have um and obviously they can box you know what i mean like regardless of what people want to say about them being youtubers or not like it's a load of nonsense yeah like at the end of the day, Jake Paul, for example, he's what, 26, something like that. Yeah. And he's been training boxing at least like six, seven years now. You know what I mean? And he's got all the money in the world before he started boxing. Like I started martial arts as a whole when I was 21. Um, you know, I, I, I had to train around a full-time job, um, around not having loads of money to get like the best trainers to go to super camps to fly the best padmen in to get the best strength conditioning coaches to get the best supplements the best food personal chefs all that so for me to have gotten to the level i'm at um you know within that space of time a similar space of time that jake paul's been training and he's just been focused on boxing just boxing and he's had all this money and all these opportunities you know so I think you can't really call them YouTubers anymore. They are they are boxers, you know. They've been training. Um, they might not be elite boxers yet, but like they're they're you know I think they'd slap up a lot of people that that discredit them for their skills. Um, but yeah, again, saying that I would like to see them move into MMA um, and test their skills, see see how uh, how they fare against getting dumped on their head by a D one wrestler, you know. 
But Dennis, um, I hear that. I hear everything you say about about both of them. But you know, they they haven't really earned their stripes in the way as as such as someone as you. Um, yeah. I think when Jake Paul fought Tommy Fury, people thought, yes, this is where he finally meets his match. He's going to be competing against someone who's far more closely matched in in terms of age, for example. Um, yeah. so obviously it's going to be a far more even playing field. Whereas in for the rest of their their fights, they've just been going for a tired fighter or for a tired um a mixed martial artist, you know. Yeah, but you know what? It's a big thing in boxing anyway, and I think they've just exposed that. I would say Jake Paul's first five boxing fights yeah, as a pro arguably were harder fights than most professional boxers have in their first 10, 15 fights. If you look at most of the top-level boxers, yeah, like even the likes of like a great like Mike Tyson. Mate, Mike Tyson was knocking out people that were doing a blatant construction job or working in a as a janitor, uh, you know, during the week and then coming in and having a, a boxing fight on the weekend, most of them fight journeymen, you know, they're, they're paid to literally come in there and lose. They're told, listen, all you have to do is maybe last a couple of rounds, just last a couple of rounds and we'll give you a bit of money. Do you know what I mean? So I'd say he actually, Jake Paul's actually fought more stiff competition in his first few fights than most professional boxers have. People can argue that if they want, but if you go and look at the records of most high-level pro boxers, like if you look at Tommy Fury, mate, like he's someone that was credited as like you know, oh, he's a, he's a, he's legit in that. But um, look at his first few opponents, mate. They're all bums. They're all absolute bums. You know what I mean? And that is seeping into MMA a little bit. There's a lot of people that go and fight their first five or six fights against pure journeymen. You know, um, and you know, more power to it. Build your record and build build all that. Build your name up and stuff. But um. To say that Jake Paul is not real fighter, mate, his third, third or fourth pro fight was against Ben Askren. Yeah, fair enough, Ben Askren's not a boxer, but then he fought Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley had banged most most journeyman boxers out uh, in a boxing fight. So, you know, it's one of them. All right, let's go a bit further. Dylan Dennis and um, uh, Logan Paul. Who do you think is going to come? Even though Di- it's kind of, kind of a funny one because Dylan Dennis has not fought in ages. At all, yeah. Dylan Dennis is a. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. He he's got a bit of a fan in me now because somehow the guy's managed to stay relevant. Um, like he's known as a jiu-jitsu guy. He, he's never really won anything at black belt of note. He was a good brown belt, you know, and he, he is good. He, he's got better jiu-jitsu than most MMA guys. Um, but he, he, you know, again, as you say, had two two fights on Bellator and hasn't fought in years. Um, and still has somehow managed to say something way more relevant and he's well more known than a lot of uh, fighters that have been, you know, I think he has like 2 million followers, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he, that's more than a lot of yours. He, Leon Edwards has 1.5 or something like, you know what I mean? Like he's got more followers than the weight champion of the world in the UFC. So um, I rate him for that. You know, he, he talks a lot of shit. Um he keeps himself relevant, uh, and I rate that a little bit. I do think Jake Paul is going to slap him up, but I think regardless of what way the fight goes, um, you know, as far as him being, he's been doming uh, Jake Paul online, and um, obviously bringing his, his girlfriend into it and stuff like that. He's exposed you a lot of stuff. You mean about, Logan Paul? Not, not, not even Jake. Yeah, Logan Paul. Um, yeah, yeah, he's been exposing a lot of stuff about his missus and stuff like that. So, 
as far as I'm concerned, it's already a TKO to Dylan Danis uh, in in life, um, regardless of what happens in the ring, you know. But I do think Logan will beat him. Uh, I don't think Dylan has the the, the stand up skills to match him. Okay, the first time I'm speaking with you, uh, but I've heard you um, in interviews before. Uh, but can you just, you know, because the first time I speak to athletes and people affiliated with combat sports in general, I, I just want to get a bit about bit about their background, you know, the backstory. So for you, um, what kind of enticed you to get involved in combat sports as a whole and then venture into mixed martial arts? Yeah, so I think uh, what's different about me uh, from a lot of MMA fighters is, uh, like, I, I, I started quite late. Um, and it wasn't, like, something that I had to do, you know. It wasn't like, oh, this is all I could ever be, you know. I think I could I, I could be anything that I, that I actually just put my mind in and my effort into. Um, but I did get in a lot of fights when I was a kid, and I was pretty good at every sport when I was a kid. And growing up in that, I was quite a high-level uh, track and field athlete. Um, but I was a hothead, and I got into a lot of fights. Um, yeah, I had to, just uh, where I grew up and stuff like that, um, just had to defend myself, you know. Um and I was always a pretty good scrapper, so uh, I said, "Look, maybe if I refine these techniques and you know learn how to actually fight and put my athletic capacity into fighting, um, I, I could go somewhere with it." You know, I think uh, MMA might be the hardest sport in the world uh, in terms of just what it is. You know, getting locked in a cage with another guy who's trained to kill you. Um, but I think as far as like getting to the the, the top of the sport it's way behind other sports. Like there's not many other sports where you could start doing the sport. At, you know, in fact, with MMA itself, I only started three years ago. So I was like, what? Like, I was like 25, 26. Um, you know, there's very few sports where you could start at that age and, and, and get to the top of sport. Volkanovski and Nganu are perfect examples where they started in their mid twenties and ended up getting to, to be world champion. And there's no other sport really where you could do that. You couldn't you couldn't do that in football. You couldn't do that in track and field. You couldn't do that in American football. They're all sports where you start from young and you have to have a, like a, a, a talent for it and you have to have a capacity for it from a young age. And then they, they refine that. But um, yeah, I think with MMA, because it is just at the end of the day, a fight, you could be all technical if you want. But if I'm just a hard cunt, and um, I learned how to throw a big one-two or a big overhand. I can knock you out. Um, so that's what I think makes a sport so interesting. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't need to do it. You know what I mean? I don't need to do MMA. I don't think I could. I could go and get a job, and it would probably make my life a lot easier. You know what I mean? Being a a broke MMA fighter is not easy. Um, I could just go get a normal office job and that, but I, I would feel uh. Like I was doing a disservice to to God for the the talents that He gave me. Um, you know, it's something that I I have a proclivity to. Uh, it's something that I think I was born to do, and um, it gives me excitement in my life. Uh, so I just I just fucking enjoy it. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy the feeling of the camp, um, the hard work you have to do, the walkout, the nerves, um, the weight cut, everything. I love every part of it. You know, um, maybe not so much the weight cut, but. Uh, yeah, like getting in there and just having a fight with someone. There's nothing else like it, you know. Um, like you say, all these YouTubers um, and influencers are now looking to, to fight because they have all the money in the world. But that feeling of getting into a fight with someone legally and not having to get arrested for it and all that, you can't buy that. There's nowhere you can buy that feeling. That's something you just have to do, you know.
You don't think it's perhaps probably to do with a sense of, again, like I said before, with the YouTubing thing, a sense of being taken seriously and a sense of people respecting you for a fight, whether you win or lose, at least you still have, I, I, me personally, I would still respect the, the fighters who didn't come out um, uh, come, out, come out on top because at least I had the balls and the guts to step into that cage and sort of give it their all, give it their best and take the loss on, on the chin. Yeah, in front of a lot of people who would now social media might um, troll them online and, you know, send all sorts of hateful comments. Whereas with the um, influencing stuff, well, you're not exactly doing something that's going to kind of, let me say it's going to dent your ego or manhood or you do something if you don't do well in it you're not going to be like embarrassed by people or feel humiliated you, you know what i mean um no i think it is pretty embarrassing mate <laughs> to be honest like uh there's nothing more embarrassing than losing a fight in front of friends and family that have come to mm. see you and you know especially when like like myself you know you talk a lot of shit and you put yourself into a position where people almost want to see you lose you yeah. know what i mean like um you kind of giving those haters that satisfaction, but um, at the same time, when you get the haters from talking a lot of shit, um, it also kind of shuts them up when you win. Yeah. So yeah. um, yeah, I I think it's part part and parcel of both. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they're doing it for a bit of respect and stuff like that. But um, like I think a lot of fighters that are just straight up fighters are only doing it for a paycheck, you know. Um, I think in deep inside their own hearts, they they know and they 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 understand that they will never be a world champion. Um, because there's a very small percentage of people who do that. Yeah. Um, but I think some of them just couldn't do anything else. They they don't have any other option. Um, like they 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 wouldn't be able to go and work in Tesco, for example. You know what I mean? Or work in an office. Um, but uh. Yeah, I I think that for me it's just that buzz. It's just that buzz of getting into a fight. Because like like I I've said on many interviews, if I wasn't fighting illegally in a cage, contracted, um, you know, with official and all that, I'd probably still just be fighting people on the street. I'd probably be going on nights out and just getting into fights with people, mm -hmm. and I'd probably end up fucking arrested or something. You know what I mean? And, and mess my life up. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh. It's something primal in us anyway, you know, human beings, like men, especially we used to like not long ago, we used to go to war, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. It was like constant war. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, we're going to war once in a generation. It was like, oh, we're off to war again this month. You know what I mean? Oh, the other tribe from down the road, they're coming to invade us now. Now we've got to go to war. And um, I think if I was born a thousand years ago, I'd be one of those people with a spear and a shield and a sword and I'd be going to war too. Um, I think it's just something that hasn't come out of us. It's still in our DNA, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Now everything is so, uh, can I say this? It, especially like here in the UK, maybe it might be the same story in Ireland. Everything seems so pussified. Yeah, it's soft. Uh, yes. Life is soft. Mm -hmm. Life is soft and easy, you know? Convenience has killed um, drive and uh, people's ambition. Um, you know, you can just tap a few apps and then you have food delivered to your house. You don't have to go and chase a buffalo for a week or herd a buffalo and kill it and then gut it and, and, and haul it back to the village and cook it. You know, you just get everything packaged, easy. Um, you can go out and uh, walk around town and not have the fear of some highway robber um, 
just robbing you at knife point do you know what i mean like yes, yeah. so yeah i think i think like we are definitely um like back in the day every man was trained how to fight you know whether you were rich poor you you knew how to fight uh, you had to know how to fight to defend yourself and defend your family um whereas now the world's a bit too safe and it's happened so fast that yeah. the world's changed that way that our dna and our evolution has not had time to catch up to that and um, so we still do have that urge for violence and that urge for like uh like some kind of conflict do you know what i mean absolutely no, absolutely I, I completely understand you i mean even this um as we're talking now i'm gonna upload this to youtube and i'll upload the audio to different uh, major audio platforms i'm sure you will know that on youtube in fact, with certain um, platforms, any video content you upload, certain words, the R word, the S word, the P word, I'm not talking about the in the normal sense when you're insulting someone, but certain people, you call them the P word as a term for something that's not really deemed good by, by society standards, yeah. YouTube will ban or terminate that video, for example. So, um, it, it, you know, even though our DNA, like you said, has not had time to catch up to it, um, it's now being forced down our throats. I uh, just to understand where where it all went wrong and why all of this has been allowed to happen. It's actually so. Um, it's frustrating. It, it, it's uh, I'll play devil's advocate for a bit because, as much as I, I I do agree with you, I think that like the world's definitely a bit safer as well. You know what I mean? It's not a bad thing that the world's safe and that we don't have constant war we don't have to worry about a horde of um raiders coming into like i, I can be in my house and, and be chill and i can choose to go and and, and train violence uh, i don't have to constantly be at threat of violence and worry about a load of vikings raiding my my town and killing everyone and then like raping my family you know what i mean like it's it's one of them like uh i feel like it's not a bad thing that that we've evolved that our society has evolved it's gotten better you know what i mean um like i'm sure you understand that like even 50 60 years ago like people like us were being hung out of trees do you know what i mean like and and, and like people talk about the good old days and this and that i'm like when was it ever better for <laughs> like it, it definitely we're definitely at the best point in history ever like for mm. to be a human being you know um in, in a lot of ways and in, in some ways maybe not but um in terms of safety and in terms of like quality of life um i think it is you know um but yeah then we do lose you know to gain something you have to lose something yeah. um so obviously as a result of that then we we end up with uh as you say a bit of a pussified society um your success in the sport that you achieved so far um what would you say you owe that to um, you know, um, is there a particular athlete or particular family family member, friend, uh, or particular father figure that you look up to that's really prompted you, prompted that drive in you to to succeed? Um, to succeed, I mean, my dad definitely would be a major influence on that. Um, he always used to say, like, whatever you want to do, like whether it's being a musician, being a lawyer, being an athlete, whatever it is, you, you just have to work hard at it um you know put everything into it don't be 99% in be 100% in um obviously my coach um you know I've had a lot of, a lot of coaches over my martial arts career as well um but all of them have always been 
very much on the side of like work hard and and, and don't don't half arse it you know um and then obviously you know shout out to a few people i've met along my martial arts journey like the likes of shamrock um he was the one that sort of convinced me to, to do mma rather than jiu-jitsu uh, when i met him um you know uh, i probably I, if i hadn't met him by chance i'd probably still be just looking to do jiu-jitsu and just looking to chase being a jiu-jitsu world champion so um yeah there's a lot of influences but uh, i would say um yeah my drive and determination just comes from my will to be the best as well you know what i mean like i can't uh i can't take my own my own um credit away from from it i have to i have to obviously acknowledge that everyone can tell you this that and the other but at the end of the day you have to be the one who wants to do it and who, who works to do it you know um you mentioned shamrock um that brings me to another um area that i'd like to talk about octagon mma challenge how was that um <laughs> in, in in one word or in a few words no tell me everything at least it will tell me everything that you're allowed to tell me because i think because it's a, because it's a televised rea- reality project i've got a feeling there's some things that you guys may not be allowed to reveal yeah, I can't talk about results or anything like that. Uh, but it was definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, obviously, bit of bit of a breakout um, opportunity for me as well. Um, yeah, I, I I won't say just the big break just yet, but it um, it's the first step in my pro career onto bigger and better things. Um, obviously, the experience of being over there in Slovakia, filming it, and being in a villa, being like you know, going around and like in our octagon gear and people looking at us and asking us for photos and stuff like that was, was cool. Um, and obviously just the, the recognition that I'm going to get from the show um, and showing the world uh, my personality as well as my fighting skills. Um, uh, obviously, you know, as well, having Paddy Houlihan uh, as a coach as well as Shem on the show. Um, Paddy Houlihan was someone that I looked up to Um when I was just even just doing jiu-jitsu, you know, I was still a fan of the UFC. And he was, like, one of the first Irish UFC fighters, like a pioneer in Irish UFC uh, MMA. So um, to have him as a coach then and, and to speak so highly of me, um, both in Slovakia and in interviews he's done and stuff afterwards, like, is, it's a bit it's a bit surreal for me, you know what I mean? Like, and um, I can't wait to see where else the, the journey is going to take me. But, uh, yeah, I think it was, like, the first big step. Obviously, a big promotion, one of the biggest European promotions. Um, if not the biggest, I'd say getting getting to be the biggest now. Um, but yeah, it was uh, incredible, to be honest. Yeah, you mentioned the word recognition. It's something that I've noticed that a lot of the um, fighters, not just fighters, but also the promotion, more domestic local scene in Ireland and here in the UK, they don't, I think more so here in the UK, they they don't seem to get the recognition that they deserve. They're very talented fighters. They're very credible promoters who put, put on a very good event and they're very, very entertaining fights. But what I don't like is that the media do not give them the recognition and the exposure that they clearly deserve. We do have very good talents at home and the um, fight fans should not forget that. Yeah, I think uh, a big part of that is uh, because... No, I believe because it's um. Let's be honest, it's it's mainly a working class sport, isn't it? It's a uh, it's mostly kids from council estates, um, people that aren't from wealthy backgrounds. You know, it's not like rugby or or cricket or you know, 
some of these sports where like people people play it in private school and then they go on to be professionals it's like it's still seen as still has that label of like human cockfighting you know what i mean just like two men in a cage who look how violent it is all this blood everywhere but i think people just don't understand it yet it's still a very new sport um i think it's changing slowly you know i think um it's going to take a few a few more athletes that um that come out and speak eloquent eloquently um and don't aren't just like these oh let me bang bro kind of guys um with face tattoos and that um, don't get me wrong there's a place for them too um i love mike perry myself you know what i mean but um <laughs> you know like but, yeah. but but let's be honest like mike perry's not exactly the kind of guy you'd uh you don't want your daughter to come home with put, put yeah. it that way like, yeah yeah um so yeah i think i think when we when we have a bit more a few more people that are educated um you know like the likes of kamara Ruzman and these guys like these guys are university educated guys you know they have degrees like again they could have gone on to do something else with their life but they chose to do this sport um and it's not just this brutal violent sport um that it's made out to be by by certain politicians and so um what advice would you give to other newer younger fighters who are joining the sports whether it's not just mixed martial arts but boxing um jiu-jitsu bare knuckle fighting uh kickboxing what advice would you give them as in what, what would be the do's and don'ts the kids yeah i would say for the kids um don't don't do bare knuckle until you're <laughs> you're a bit older and um, definitely um and then like yeah if you're looking to get into mma um, like me personally, I would say study each of the uh, martial arts individually first. So like go go and do straight jujitsu, go and do straight wrestling, go and do straight Muay Thai or boxing. And then when you're a bit older, a bit more capable uh, of understanding them and have a good grasp on each of them individually, then, then go and put them together. And um, just train hard, you know what I mean? Don't overtrain. Um, don't put too much pressure on yourself when you're a kid. You see a lot of flash of the pan talents um, where they come in, you know, they're, they're, they're this unbeatable kid when they're 13, 14, 15, 16. And then when they're like 17, 18, they fight a kid that's like some Francis Ngannou type guy, let's say from Cameroon or from Senegal, that's been training a year and knocks them out. And then they get disheartened because they're like, oh, I've been doing this my whole life this guy's only been doing it for like a year or less and, and, he, and he's after banging me out, you know what I mean? And don't get disheartened by that, you know, just uh, keep training, keep working. And as I said, it's still a sport where um, I wouldn't say it's easy to succeed, but uh, if you put the work in and you train hard, like you can definitely get, you can definitely become successful in, in the sport. You know? Um, I was going to ask you about the lockdown and COVID-19 um, virus that um, burst into the scene back in 2020 after listening to a podcast you did with, uh, it was in the van, the front seat of a van, but um, I might save that for another episode. <laughs> um, no worries. Last but not least, um, two more questions. Um, when can we see you next fight again? Um, so I believe that... Uh everyone that was on the Octagon Challenge show, so like all the English lads, all the Irish lads, I do believe, are going to be fighting in uh, Manchester in the AO Arena on November 4th. So um, I'm expecting to be on that. Um, I'm just waiting for a contract and, uh, and an opponent. But um, 
yeah, you can expect to see me there. Uh, I've been I've been in camp as if I'm as if I'm fighting anyway, so I'm training um to fight on that show regardless. So um that's that's probably where I'm going to be seen next. And last but not least, uh, please, uh, are there any shout outs you'd like to give out to family, friends, uh, affiliates, coaches? Yeah, um, like to shout out all, all my sponsors, you know, um, luckily enough, I've got a few now, so I, I'm probably going to miss a couple, but uh, Shifa Rehabilitation, Yannick McGee Nutrition, um, Oosh Giveaways, uh, Pound for Pound Performance, um, Apparel, um, already is a new the new natural um royal mineral sea moss um galazi corporate uh security services and um yeah anyone that i've forgotten just yeah sorry about that but yeah and then obviously everyone that helps me in, in the gym day in day out and my coaches my, my teammates and you know my family my friends who support me um yeah that's uh that's about it Please, um, if you can, um, send me a list of all those you want to want me to tag. I'll tag them in the um the YouTube um episode and in the um Instagram post, both the stories and the actual um reel and feed. Um, Dennis, thank you so much for coming on. Um, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, if you've watched and listened this far, don't forget to leave a like and subscribe. You can catch the episode here on YouTube and you can also listen on Spotify, iTunes and on Google Podcasts. Dennis, and don't, for, and don't oh. forget to turn on don't forget to turn on notifications as well on YouTube. Yeah, because it helps your yes. algorithm. Thank you. Yes, guys, you heard that. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you. No worries. Thank you Take for care. having me on, mate. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you so much.